After years on the road, Timmy parked the van and picked up the mic to bring you this podcast that features interviews with people from hardcore to hair metal. This is Talk To Me with your host, Joshua Toomey. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Talk To Me. I am your host, Joshua Toomey, and you are checking it out on Lost Anarchy Radio. This week, I've got a great episode for you. I've got BC, Rashid, and Adam of Nonpoint on talking about their new album, The Poison Red, that is out now. Also in this episode, I've got an interview with Scott Ian Lewis of Carnifex. Their new album, Slow Death, comes out August 5th. They are on the Summer Slaughter Tour this summer going out with Cannibal Corpse, and then just announced they are going out with Suicide Silence and those good Tennessee boys, Whitechapel. Hey guys, let me break in here real quick. Uh, As I was getting the episode together, getting ready to send in to submit for tonight's episode, I was sent the new Flaw single, so I think this might be an exclusive Live and Breathe off of their new album. Let's see, when does it come out? August 19th, so make sure to check out Flaw Divided We Fall, August 19th on Pavement Entertainment. Hit me up, let me know what you think of the new Flaw song. Get by here 
Louisville. Louder Than Life 2016. Saturday and Sunday, October 1st and 2nd at Champions Park with Slipknot. And Avenged Sevenfold. The two titans of rock, Avenged Sevenfold and Slipknot together. Also with Corn, Slayer, Pierce the Veil, The Cult, The Pretty Reckless, Ghost, Alter Bridge, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer's Cheap Trick, and Disturbed. Louder Than Life, Music, Gourmet Man Food, and The Return of Bourbon World. Two full days, three stages per day. Saturday, October 1st and Sunday, October 2nd. Go to louderthanlifefestival.com for all ticket and festival information. Avenged Sevenfold and Slipknot with Slayer, Cheap Trick, and so many more. Louder Than Life, fueled by Monster Energy and Miller Lite. You know Puck Hockey is a boutique brand, and none of their apparel is mass-produced. In fact, they don't aspire to be the next Reebok or CCM, Converse, or the Reebok Pump. They want to ensure that you're getting a truly special and unique product that has been personally approved by the athletes, musicians, and artists themselves. They love adding little extras like custom labeling and one-of-a-kind zipper pulls, cool stickers, etc. And their goal is to engage you in total hockeydom and they look forward to pushing the boundaries and exceeding your expectations of what a hockey brand can be. They've got so many great things over there. They've got the Signature Series with Mary and Hosa, and the Thrashers and Slashers line, 36 Crazy Fist, Bumblefoot, David Ellison, Tom Hazart. Make sure you're going over to PuckHockey.com, and that's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. And make sure when you check out to enter the promo code TALK, T-A-L-K, and get 10% off your entire order. Yes, for my listeners, enter T-A-L-K at checkout for 10% off your entire order. Hosa shoots and scores! Wow, Hosa grabbed it out of midair! There's Hosa the relay score! Hey, hey, this is Chris Kale from Five Finger Death Punch. You're listening to Talk To Me. Just like Jack All right, guys, let's get into some metal news. Let's see what's going on in the world of metal right now. And uh, the one thing I've noticed is a lot of stuff is coming out about Kiss. Can Kiss come out? It's Christmas in July, as a lot of people are saying, especially over there on the Decibel Geek podcast. So make sure and go check those guys out. But the question is, is can Kiss one day exist without any original members? And Eric Singer did just talk about this recently on Talk is Jericho, where he kind of came out and he said that... Uh, if the band could one day carry on without any original members, which, I mean, they're only two members away from that now. They are two critical members in the band currently. Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley. You know, who who could have ever thought you could have someone wearing Ace's makeup, someone wearing Peter's makeup. Uh, the day that, you know, two guys are wearing Paul and Gene's makeup, that's going to be crazy. But, uh, you know, Eric went on to talk about... Uh, they had talked about maybe one day doing Kiss the Next Generation TV show. That just sounds ridiculous. Any kind of American Idol type type contest to be in Kiss, that's that's absolutely insane. But uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, let me know what you guys think. Reach out on uh, talktometalk at gmail.com, facebook.com slash talktometalk, or at talktometalk on the old Twitter. And let me know what you guys think. Can Kiss move on without original members? And speaking of uh, not having original members, uh, the Phil Anselmo story just continues to go with all of the stuff that he said at the uh, recent 
thing that he did in Louisville, Kentucky, which I was in attendance, and I had my recorder, and I recorded about 20 minutes of that, not knowing that no one else was truly recording the entire thing. But uh, there was a question, was can, uh, can Zach Wild fill Dimebag's shoes in Pantera? And Phil, once again, basically comes out and says, I mean, there's nobody that's going to fill Dimebag's shoes. And in this uh, conversation with Nonpoint, BC and I talk about Dimebag a little bit. There's no filling Dimebag. I think that Zach Wild could be the one that fills those shoes on a temporary basis, maybe a few shows. Uh, on on the uh, Chad Lee episode a few few months ago, he came on and talked about maybe doing like an Ozfest type situation where the quote unquote Pantera would uh, headline the event and uh, guest guitarist plural would come out and continue to uh, live on the Dimebag legacy for everybody. But uh, you know Phil. Phil was very cool at that thing, man. Phil uh, had a lot of great things to say about Dimebag, about meeting Dimebag for the first time, and a lot of stuff. I wish I truly would have kept the recorder going and recorded more of that. If you want to hear the 20 minutes that I have of the Phil and Summer rant at the uh, show here in Louisville, head over to patreon.com slash talk to me, become a Patreon supporter, and you get those 20 minutes for free. And uh, for the next couple of weeks, no matter what level you come on as a supporter, I will give you those 20 minutes for free. All right, let's see what else is going on here. Let's see here. Guns N' Roses played Nashville recently. I wanted to go to that show pretty bad. It was uh, crazy to see that they're playing stadiums on that tour. I know that's no, uh, no, no, no new news that they're playing stadiums, but it's crazy that a rock band in 2016 is continuing to fill stadiums. Looks like Disturbed has announced fall dates with Chevelle. That will be a tour that I will not be attending. Let's see, Alter Bridge. Like I said earlier, Suicide Silence, a White Chapel, going on the Straight Out of Hell tour, which is going to be crazy. Going to be crazy good. Two of the two bands that came together and created a metalcore, deathcore scene, uh, going out ten years later to to do all that stuff. Randy Bly was almost killed in a road accident. Make sure to check out Blabbermouth for that. Uh, let's see, let's see here. Anything else crazy going on? Oh yeah. And the last thing I'll talk about before we get into some music and get into my interview with Nonpoint was uh, Aerosmith's Joe Perry collapsing on stage. I watched the video. It's pretty rough. You can tell he's not in, in good condition. He goes and sits on the drum riser for a minute and then just basically slumps over and walks off stage. I know that they're continuing to go on without him in this uh, Hollywood Vampires band, and you know they can't cancel. There's too many things going on, too many crew members that need to, you know, need to feed their families. Bus drivers need to feed their families, and uh, a lot of people have, uh, you know, flown in for these dates. You're getting Johnny Depp and Alice Cooper. I think you're going to be fine. Hopefully, they get a pretty cool, suitable replacement. Maybe another big name. You know, maybe Axl Rose can go play guitar for him. Whatever he needs to do, but. uh <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens there. So let's get into some music now. I think I'm going to kick it some old school. We're going to go Skid Row, Slave to the Grind.
connect with Talk To Me on Facebook at facebook.com slash talk to me talk and Twitter at talk to me talk. All right, guys, I recently had the pleasure of going and hanging out with Nonpoint when they came through Louisville, got to go and sit on the bus, hang out with them, hang out with BC, Rashid, Adam, got to talk to Elias, got to talk to Rob, got to see everybody, ran into some old friends, good times, good times had by all. It was great to check out, catch up with everybody, and to uh, to to just see Nonpoint. Honestly, you know, 16 years into the band, I think this is the first time I've ever seen them live. So they put on a great show, hell of a crowd, hell of a turnout, even though it was a Wednesday night here in Louisville. A lot of great people out. And so it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun sitting down with those guys. And uh, like I said, we were sitting down on the bus, so there is some bus hum in the background of this interview. But it's being on a bus. If you were sitting on the bus with them, you would get some bus hum too, some of the hum of the generator, all that stuff. So, uh, so bear with me on that part of the audio. But overall... Great conversation with BC, Rashid, and Adam. We talk about uh, first concerts, first what bands got us into playing music, talk about the new album, talk about their favorite tracks on the new album. I play some music throughout, so it's going to be a lot of fun. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my talk with Rashid, BC, and Adam of Nonpoint. No! 
is schwa from our dying day. It's time to turn the world off and crank the volume to 11. You're listening to Talk To Me on Los Anarchy Radio. Alright guys, we're sitting here on the nice, luxurious, non-point bus. Can you go ahead and uh, go around and introduce yourselves and what you do in the band? Uh, I'm BC, I play guitar. Rashid, I play guitar. I'm Adam, I play bass guitar. Awesome, awesome. So how's it been so far on this tour? Good, man. Good. Yeah, very awesome. good. Very good. We're still at the beginning right now, yeah. so uh, not even a weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was kind of curious. I mean, I, I know that, like a whole lot of like radius clauses and stuff like that. I mean, you guys were like an hour away last week. So, I mean, you guys don't really have radius clauses with this Buck Cherry stuff, or is it just uh, go and do what you guys got to do? No, oh, man, you know, like if they let us do it, we do it. If <laughs> they know, book we'll, we'll, it, hey. we show up. Yeah, or if they let us, like you said, they let us do it, you know. I mean, We've had one, one issue that we had to bail on a show because of that. But, uh, but uh, yeah, generally it's, you know. Jelly's been good so far. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So far. And, so. You know, no, no really hassles of, you know, radius clauses. <laughs> yeah, very cool. So, I mean, the new album comes out this Friday. This will come out. This actual episode will be out next week. So, I mean, are you guys just excited to finally get it out and get it out to everybody? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, it's been, it's been been a long time coming. You know, we've been writing it for a while. And, you know, it's... Yeah, we spent a lot of good time on it, you know. Yeah. Recorded it and... Uh, like going back and forth like do we like that and this and that you know yeah it's been a lot of time before pre-production yeah did pre-production before pre-production to go into pre-production i mean a a lot of the a lot of the the songs you know like the demo versions are pretty close to you know what you hear in the the final we've spent a lot of time you know yeah i'm pretty happy like i mean feel pretty proud of, of the work that we did you know, it's funny because I even talked to Rashid about it like just sitting at home practicing the songs on our own before we had hit the road it's like man we wrote it really I'm proud of the record you know yeah. it's like yeah. I can't wait for our fans we're excited to play the song the new yeah. song yeah. 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 yeah which we'll be playing some tonight yeah so tonight's a headlining set so you guys will get to play a little bit more than, than the, how, how's this Buck Cherry tour I mean that's a, kind of seems like an odd mix for you guys you know, it's, it's, it's really good. I mean, we've gone out with Buck Cherry before, yeah. and those guys are, you know, they're a really great rock band. You yeah. know, no frills, you know, no, no backing tracks, none of that craziness, you know, just, you know, straight up good rock band, you know, playing their instruments. What you see is what you get with those guys, and that's the same with us. Yeah, yeah. You like, know? I think we see, like, a lot of people out there that n- normally wouldn't come to see Nonpoint. Yeah. You know, so, you know, Elias will be up there, and, you know, how many people have seen us before, and someone how many people have never seen us, and, like, it's <laughs> like, oh, you know, so... Yeah. <laughs> it's always nice to try and you know get new fans. You know? Yeah, and, and playing with their fans is like getting new fans. You know, some from time to time. And <clears throat> the same for them. I'm sure it's vice versa. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. I noticed that the other night, where was it Saturday night, wherever the hell we were, um, there was definitely we had a lot of our fans there, and I, I recognized a few faces in the crowd. They were singing our songs, and then I, I went in to watch Buck Cherry a little bit later when we got cleaned up afterwards, and they were right and still in their spot singing Buck Cherry songs too. You are listening to Talk To Me on Los Anarchy Radio. No, it's cool. It's one thing I've noticed about your, you guys' fans, too, is, like, you know, doing the podcast a while back with Rob, putting it out, like, how much, like, 
how many new ears came to the podcast and how many people reached out and said hello and uh, like even like a Sean Reinhardt like I'd actually met him oh, yeah. Yeah, I, he, he, he sent me yeah. a picture Notorious. from uh, <laughs> he sent me a picture of me and him in 2002 when I was out playing bass for Power 55 he was like I knew I knew you from somewhere <laughs> so that's so funny yeah. he was like you met me as a, as a fan so that was pretty awesome. funny but uh, yeah that's uh, so yeah you guys got like such a huge like fan base like the rabid like you know it's, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a lot of fun. I mean, fans. speaking of Sean, I mean, he's you know been like legit super fan of this band for years, and it's it's now beyond that. I mean, we've got yeah. his phone number. Friends. He knew he comes over to the house. Like we <laughs> hang out. Stuff, he, he, now he's like us. on the he's, yeah. he works for the band. He's like yeah. he's on the payroll. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, yeah, it's cool. He's a great dude. Yeah, Sean's awesome. Uh, you know, just get, you know getting the album out, and finally, like I mean, I've just seen so so much groundswell of like people just really looking forward to it and actually the episode of the talk to me show that comes out on lost anarchy the first song that will be played is generation idiot so cool, that's gonna man. be it's gonna be a lot of fun so Sweet. get that out that's there so you awesome, can. yeah yeah i've been a fan of this band since you know the first album and so it's it's, it's always been very cool and to uh to kind of get um you know welcomed in by the fans and then you know uh, how nice and easy it is to talk to rob and obviously you guys are very nice to you know nice and easy to talk to so been a lot of fun it's been nice to be kind of be welcomed into the non-point family as you can say yeah, yeah, well, yeah. welcome to non-point nation right yeah, yeah, so yeah. Uh, you know just to kind of getting into it though i mean you guys obviously aren't original members so i mean like kind of coming into it from the outside you know how was it for you guys you know back back when you guys joined and when you joined i mean like was it you know such a, a huge deal back then for you guys yeah it was a huge deal for me man i've been a fan of the band for a long time yeah. so uh coming in it was just like cool man i get to like do this professionally now because right. before i was doing stuff more on a local level in chicago and in the midwest yeah and stuff like that but you know when i got to non point was really doing it the uh full-on tour right. bus and, and <laughs> right. doing it for real still kind of pinch it. yourself sometimes You're yeah like, man, that's great man here. i'll never take it for granted yeah. i still do yeah that's we're going on five years now and i still do yeah me and him came at the same time yeah you know? Yeah, I remember when that happened, I was still kind of flirting with music, and I was like, I wonder who I can call for non-point. <laughs> but, yeah, no offense. But. No worries. <laughs> no, I mean, and don't take that as a slight. Like, you guys aren't, aren't original members, but, you know, just that's that's a cool perspective to kind of see it, you know, from the outside coming in. I mean, same for you, yeah. you know, it's like... Yeah, man, I mean, the fans are very welcoming, you know, and the, the, the band members are very welcoming, and, and it was good, man. It was, it's kind of like, you know, it's not like work you yeah. know what I'm saying it's right. like <laughs> it's it, you're there having fun with your friends you know and it's you know like you said you, know, you just gotta stop and smell the roses man and never take anything for granted you know because I've yeah. been in bands where you know you had everything just pulled out from under you you know like yeah. my first band but we went from Ozfest to home and we didn't know what was <laughs> going on and you know and all of a sudden it kind of vaporized and you know so you know you, you, you learn to stop and smell the roses Per yeah. se, you know, like not to use it. I mean, you're talking about Switch there, and that was like one of those bands that, like, every, every time I turned around, you like, I was handed a Switch cassette. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was handed a Switch sticker. Yeah, you know, it was like was, you, your Switch was switch everywhere, was everywhere. <laughs> like the, the ground swallowed. Samples was, were everywhere. Yeah, man, I remember that completely. And I remember, um, you know, being in Primer roughly around that same time, early 2000s. Yeah, you know, we did we, a tour of Primer at right, right, right before you got yeah. it. Yeah, I think Kobe was playing. Yeah, Kobe was still. Yeah, yeah I, I, I ended up replacing Kobe. But, uh, but yeah, it was like we had 
I, it was probably you guys toured with them, and then the next time we came around, like, there was switch shirts, and you know, girls will switch tattoos, and you know, yeah. you're just like, what the hell's going on around here? But, but yeah, it's, it's funny, man. Switch was switch was one of those bands that was. I mean, was always I, right I, there. I owe that band. I mean, the only reason I'm even really here is because because of that, you yeah. know. And, and you know, like the first headline tour that Don Point ever did, like switched open for him, yeah. you know. And like we had uh, Jason Beeler produced the album, you know, who was managing at Don Point mm-hmm. at the time, produced Statement. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of history, you know, and we just always kept in, always kept in touch with Rob. And, Very know, cool. Lo and yeah. behold. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mine and, mine and Rashid's first tour with the band was with I Empire yeah. at oh, the yeah. time. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like, it, it's interweaved so yeah. See, this, this, this whole, like, like I was talking about earlier, man, before we started recording with, you know, the whole, like, Tom Hazard thing, and then, you know, you also did the stuff with Corey Lowry, and I've had, like, every member of Stuck Mojo on this podcast <laughs> so, for some reason, and it's not even that I'm the hugest Stuck Mojo fan, it's just... You know, I had I had Frank on, and Frank was saying something about Bones, and then Bones contacted me, and Bones was like, "Well, I want to come on and defend my honor," and then uh-huh. you know, and then the new uh, new album's coming oh, out. Oh damn! What kind of what, what oh, podcast is this? Damn! Oh, it's the Talk to Me podcast. You know, uh, check it out. Yeah. Do that. I will be there. <laughs> Oh, it's concrete. I'm not gonna let you 
Hey, this is Frank Fonsere from Stuck Mojo and Fozzie, and you're listening to the Talk To Me podcast. You are listening to Talk To Me and my conversation with Nonpoint. But yeah, I mean, so just getting back, I mean, Corey Lowry and then, uh, you know, the whole Lowry family, that's a freaking talented family right yeah, there. Man, yeah, man, it's, you know, they're, uh, you know, Corey's like, I don't have an older brother, you know, and he's probably the closest thing I have to an actual older brother. Like, yeah. You know, like, we, we talk all the time, you yeah. know, still, and he's killing it in St. Estonia. Yeah, every time I turn around, man, they're doing something else huge. Yeah, man. That's a, that's a huge, like, super group, power group yeah, there, you know. that's, yeah. For him to get that was, was huge. Like their, I saw their first gig. It was that rock on the range in front of like 50,000 oh, yeah. people yeah, almost. Yeah. Together, yeah. Good yeah. for you, bro. Well, nice first gig. Yeah, yeah. man. Hey. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. well, so where was the first gig for you guys with Nonpoint? Like, I know you can remember that. Rockford. Yeah, Rockford. <laughs> it was called the Monkey Ruckus yeah. Festival. Rock Monkey Ruckus. Rock Monkey Ruckus. Nice. It was like a race It was on Memorial like Day weekend. Wave. I think it was Memorial Day weekend in 2012. Yeah, I think so. And, yeah, it was... It was crazy because it was like at the Rockford's an hour game. from home, yeah. you know, so it was real convenient. <laughs> and uh, it was 104 yeah. degrees. Was hottest show I've ever played to this day. Nice. No, Puerto Rico. Hotter than the machine shop? Or that Frankie? Puerto Rico. Frank, I think Frankie's was the hottest. Cause, I mean, I showered in Shannon's myself. In Puerto Rico. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah, that was That's hot. That's the one when I had the heat stroke and I was like throwing up after the show. <laughs> yeah. That was hot. But yeah, that was that was uh, it was cool because it, it was not speaking for like us, you know, being local yokels coming into the big gig where um, there's like eleven thousand people there wow. that day. To, you know, <laughs> yeah. the first time playing those songs live ever. Trial so, by fire, right? Yeah, thrown <laughs> right the f in. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, we're yeah, it's definitely the butterflies in a good way. But I mean, we're. I was confident in my playing ability. You know, we were all confident in each other, so it was cool. Nice. What you BC? My first gig with I think it was, was it Shiley Acres? Was Shiley Acres? Shiley Acres. Oh, that was the yeah. first one. Yeah. Hmm. Rob's like, I'm like asking Rob, I'm like, you know, what song should I learn? Oh, that like, was when the the Kempers were like acting crazy. Wasn't no, no, no. That was that, that was, was different. It was like us oh, pretty was, reckless. Yeah. And, uh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> was there. Like, you know, Rob gives me this it list of, like, I swear, I, it probably wasn't, you know, but it felt like a hundred songs to learn, you know? <laughs> nice. And I'm, like, on stage, I'm just like, how's this one start? Like, what's this one? Like, I still run over to this day, and I'm asking Adam, I'm like, how does that start? Like, <laughs> <laughs> then you hear the first three notes, it's like, you know, it goes in the autopilot. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I was a little, you know, it was nervous. They asked me, and I'm like, how does it start? Shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're, like, trying to, like, yeah, I got any kind of audition I've ever went on, like on the way there, you're like, I don't I don't know any of these songs. I don't I've never <laughs> you just forget every single thing. It's ever. cool too, because like I, I am really like a big fan of the band. I've been a fan of yeah. the band since the first album, you know, so like playing the stuff, you know, to me, you know, I, I remember specifically thinking during that show that like I'm like this is like kinda like ultimate guitar karaoke right <laughs> You know, I'm like, holy shit, you know, like I, 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 I Jam these songs in my car a million times, you know. I'm like, yeah, but you know, I I, I think, you know, and, and maybe they think otherwise, but I think it. I think we clicked really yeah. well, and oh, yeah, very yeah. immediately, instantly. Yeah, like you know, there was no just kind of, you know, I don't know, man. You know, I'll mess up a part and like he'll be covering my ass. Right. And, you know, it's yeah, it's it's it's. 
At least you're at least you're not doing the thing where you like you hit the wrong note and the entire band looks at you you're like. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's happened before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's happened before. No, not not to make this the me the me show, but like my first show at Primer, and I don't know how much you dealt with Primer themselves, how dysfunctional of a band they were to begin with. But by the time I joined, they pretty much couldn't stand each other. So Bobby calls me and he was like, "Hey, you want to join Primer?" I was like, "Yeah, I want to join Primer." And so I get I actually drove to Louisville. And we're gonna have like three days of rehearsal to, to start the tour. Three day, three days turns into one day, turns into a song and a half before they're like, "Oh, let's just fucking load the gear and get out of here." Mm-hmm. First show with Primer on no practice rehearsals ever is Lamore in Brooklyn, uh, <laughs> and like I was just like, you know, just like over there, like you know, Julia from Fuse was there, and like all these like oh, cool yeah. people were there, and I'm over there just, you know, making a complete ass of myself on stage. But yeah, it was it was a. Uh, Fun times, but looking back, it was a it was a mess. <laughs> Don't feel bad. I do that nightly. Right. <laughs> Every single I'll do it tonight a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make sure the entire band looks over. Give you the, give you the evil eye. <laughs> Dude, it's all just, just gotta look back and make it be like, what? I'm on. It's all just you guys. <laughs> I'm in two. Right. Right. What are you looking at me for? I mean, I'm playing my part. Clearly, <laughs> shit. I don't know. That's where you gotta like hit the hit the hit the tuner back. <laughs> I don't know. Not me. Yeah, know I'm too. Is this the right guitar for that song? No, uh, but uh, ah, that's the beauty of live music, though. I mean, those those imperfections are what makes it fun. Yeah, yeah man. If you want to see like a CD quality, perfect version of something, man, just go get the CD and listen yeah. to it in your bacon. You know, Watch the music video. <laughs> yeah, I, I love. You know, I love. You know, that's the only thing I, I like about Nine Point Two is it's, we're a one hundred percent live band. Yeah. yeah, we don't run any tracks. You know, there's no tape. <laughs> Well, no, you know, <laughs> when, the, when there's harmonies going on, it's like really harmonies going yeah, on, and us. you know, it's, yeah. you know, which is, you know, I ain't gonna lie, it's hard sometimes, you know, like when you can't hear and you're trying to hit notes, oh, and yeah. you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. you, know, you can't just rely on like you know tracks, you know, and, you know, I, I never want to be in a band where like when the computer goes down, it's like the band goes away live, you know. It's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, man. Like, girl, you know it's girl, you know it's girl. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. Have you seen those memes and stuff now where, like, Millie Vanilli now would be gods amongst, you know, the pop. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, so yeah. true. Yeah. yeah they, they, they exactly what they did back then. Back then. Now, it's now it's standard practice. It's a standard yeah. thing, yeah. Because back then, I think you had to be like, there's, a, you know, I'll probably get shit for saying this, but there's, there's a lot of, like, I don't want to say fake, but just musicians that aren't really musicians. You know what I'm saying? Back then, like, you know, back in, like, the 70s and stuff, it's like, you had to be awesome. Yeah. You know, you had to be, like, on the level of, like, Queen and, like, <laughs> Journey and, like, you know, these fucking, be like, you had to be awesome to yeah. do this. You know? Yeah. And, and, and now, man, it's like, it seems like everybody with a fucking laptop's a producer and, like, I'm, I'll come up, you know, I'll bring my studio in here like I'm holding <laughs> the studio right here, you know? And, Loads up in my backpack. Yeah, loaded <laughs> in my backpack. You know, I'm a producer and you know, I'm a musician, and I can you know all these DJs and shit and mashing their space bars right. and fucking I don't know, man. This is <laughs> no. That's the one thing, and just even doing the show is I get a lot of bands sending demos now and stuff, and and I'm like I put it on, I'm like God, is this the Black Album? You know, like this is <laughs> this is amazing, and then you're like, wait a minute, this 
you know, can these guys even pull this off live? That's the one thing that I've always been worried about with, with some of these CDs and stuff that you get with sampled drums and sampled guitars and sampled bass and everything else. Where like, I wonder what this band actually sounds like live. Can that drummer yeah, actually pull, pull off, off what they're what they're doing? Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, you can never tell anymore. Yeah, man, it's you know, it's I don't know. It's kind of part of the reason you know, we did this this new album, The Poison Red. Like the bass and drums are all done to tape, nice. like, yep. straight up fucking old school yep. tape. Yeah, on, we had we had a we had the on the, uh, the Merle Haggard yeah we had, a, we had a, the the tape machine tape was machine. actually uh, Mer, one of Merle Haggard's old nice you know recording yeah. things you know that's so that's great yeah I, I definitely love all that old the, actually when you were talking about you know when musicians had to be musicians I, I immediately went back to like old Johnny Cash and you know where they're all just basically you know around a, a can you know just basically playing their song yeah. and yeah. you get like one take and that's I it I mean back then you know like instead of just running tape and you put it on tracks it's like if you have an extra guitar part that's going in like you have to bring out another guitar player, right. you know, and like there literally be another human be being room, on stage yeah. playing that part, you know, yeah. like you know, I'm like, got this little keyboard part, and like so you bring an actual keyboardist out, you know. <laughs> got to call Jerry Lee in. This shit. <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm showing my age. I miss that shit. You no, know? no. I, I, I like real musicians. You know, like ah, get off my lawn, BC. <laughs> <laughs> Slow down, you damn kids. Music's too loud. Get off my lawn. Hey man, so the, 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 here's one of the questions for everybody. You know, just kind of like what got you into playing music? What kind of got you like that that little 10, 11, 12, 13 year old, however you were, you know, however old you were, like what kind of made you want to play? I was uh, <laughs> I was 12 years old. Uh, I was starting to grow my hair long. I was a child of the 90s, so the grunge era was popping. Uh, and I heard Nirvana, and I heard Alice in Chains, and I heard Helmet. And they had, you know, all those bands had bass intros and some of their songs and it just I've always been a bass player I picked up bass that was my first instrument never never guitar first and then bass I've always been bass so it's the same that's where it started yeah yeah very cool man yeah man uh, me I started when I was like 15 16 and I picked up the guitar after you know listening to Nirvana and Metallica hearing these bands and I was like this is kind of cool this is kind of cool and I was in you know very much in the hip hop not really in any rock or anything and it was my sister that started listening to that stuff when I was younger and then I heard her stuff and I was like what's that that's pretty cool (laughs) and then I got really into that I was like Teen Spirit song and then I was just like wait a minute started listening to the rest of them listening to Metallica and I was just like man this is I dig this and I went to this camp this camp like director gave me his acoustic guitar at the end of my camp a couple weeks that I was there because he saw that I was interested in playing guitar and showed me a couple chords and from there you know uh, him and another guy at the place showed me some chords and I mm-hmm. taught myself everything else after that okay. every other instrument that I know is just because I got on it and started playing it on my own that's awesome
Hey, this is Jim Brewer. And thanks for listening to the Talk to Me podcast. Not you, talk to me. <laughs>
Megadeth, you know, for yeah. some reason. I know because I was, you know, I like Metallica, and but Megadeth. I was a guitar player, and I, I yeah. was hungry for guitar, you know. And I thought Megadeth was much more of a guitar-oriented yeah, band, yeah. you know. So Lord. then I went and saw Megadeth with Pantera and White Zombie opening. And then, so now I'm like, oh shit, Pantera, dying bag, and it just kind of led into this thing. And then Corn came out, and I was like, oh cool, you know, like I wear a big baggy Adidas pants, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then the new metal thing, and like you said, it went down to like being 0100, you know, guitar <laughs> solos weren't cool, and I was devastated. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you, man. But I was 20 totally years old, and I was you know signed the fucking you know. Immortal Virgin Records, you know, so yeah. you know, you know like, I'll, I'll, I'll own one, one all day long, you know. So it'll be cool again one day.
Hey everybody, this is David Ellison from Megadeth, and you're listening to the Talk To Me Podcast. Are listening to Talk To Me. Let's do it in the background. Yeah, man. What are you soloing for? Yeah. Yeah. Hold on, man. Don't I always try to get back to your ones and O's. <laughs> they, uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day. They was talking to the, one of the guys from the Union Underground, if you remember those guys. Oh, yeah. Or not. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they said that uh, he was trying to, the dude was trying to solo in the studio, and this was, you know, 2000, 2001, and they're like, what are you doing? Like, stop <laughs> it. Get out there. You know, get out of there. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, like, what, you can't possess talent? <laughs> Here it's not cool. <laughs> I mean, there was a time. I mean, there was that. There it was seriously like frowned upon. Like, yeah, it was so, like, uh, yeah, leads were just like. It was like train. well, because you know, I don't know. I think like with like, everything, it just got so over the top. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it, it just went back. Like and, like everybody's hair was getting bigger and bigger yeah, and bigger, more, and like more, more hair, more fucking more holes in the ozone layer were happening. And like, <laughs> uh, you know, like let me just put a nine part harmony with this. You know. And it just got to the point where, like, you know, once you, once you did hear Nirvana, like, Nirvana's what fucking closed the door on all that no, shit. Because yeah. you know? yep, it was so simple, but it was very good. Music. It was refreshing. Yeah, and it moved you, and it, like, that, that's the main, it, it was refreshing not to hear, like, choruses on guitars mm-hmm. and, like, you know, all this shit. It just, everything just went back stripped down and so kind of started yeah. over, you know. And, it was kind of like the punk rock era in, like, the late, or early, early 80s, yeah. too. I mean, like, I, mean, I, was, I love, like, early 90s punk rock and Pataf punk rock. Little skateboard kid at the time too, and that was really accessible music. You know, it had the attitude and the aggression, but you know certain bands still had a lot of melody too. It was simple and easy to play. Yeah, I think I was going through all that stuff. It was you know the the, the corn era plus, and I was also did the no effects and all yeah, you know, all that whole appetite Love stuff. No Epi- appetite, epitaph. Yeah, all that fun I stuff. I still listen to that. Yeah, I put it bad religion, and I'm in the car and I'm speeding twenty miles an hour over the speed limit. <laughs> awesome. They always kind of blame Nirvana for killing glam and stuff, but I think Nirvana also just kind of brought it back around to song structure and, and just having a you know f- emotion and feeling and yep. you know all that stuff too. So it's, it's it's pretty good stuff, man. So best concert ever, or 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 first concert, whichever you want to go okay. with. Ah, first concert was uh, I think I was in Silverchair. Nice. Back in ninety <laughs> seven or six or something. It was during the frog, frog, stomp frog stomp, yeah. Record, and it was pretty cool. I think I had some sort of weird like uh, jealousy because I think I'm like the exact same age as those guys, and I was like, man, they're already making it, and they're like 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm 15. Because I'm not from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my first concert was it was Primus, and the opening acts were Limp Bizkit as main support and Power Man 5000 opening show. Wow. It was at the Riviera Theater in Chicago. I was 16 years old. And it was awesome. <laughs> BC, like, Ingvam Van Malmsteen. <laughs> no, man. Uh, man. <laughs> my, my, the first concert I ever went to was this band called Sacrifix, who was like a local band, like, from my high school. And it wound up, you know, uh, Jim, who later went on to, uh, to play in Chimera. Okay. Was, he was in there, you know, because I'm grew up with him we all went to the same you know same high school and yeah. shit you know so that was like my first concert experience you know and I was like oh you know like, there's something to that he could do it I could do it you know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh the best concert I've ever seen in my life was it was I don't even know if it was like 90 94 and it was at the the Cleveland Coliseum it was Pantera headline 
uh, with Sepultura and Biohazard. Wow. And Biohazard just put out Urban Discipline. Sepultura just came out with Chaos AD, and Panther just came out with Far Beyond Driven, man. Oh, like, my man. fucking face was blown <laughs> off. Like, my nose was crooked still to this day. Like, man. that shit. Pantera, late 94, Far Beyond Driven Tour, but Prong opened. Yeah. But yeah, it was Starwood Amp Theater in uh, Nashville. God. Yeah, I, I couldn't that was my second concert ever, so I was, I was blown away. All fucking three bands just smoked yeah. it. I mean, I, I actually saw, I saw, in 97, I saw, or 96, I saw Limp Bizkit, Helmet, and Corn. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, that was yeah. a fucking killer concert. Yeah, that was... 
Actually, I saw that tour here in Louisville before I lived here when we drove up from uh, Tennessee to see that. So yeah, that was a. I was definitely running. I around. actually I probably I, got handed a switch demo at that time. <laughs> it was like <laughs> January <laughs> and shit, and like I had this big giant winter coat on, and I'm yeah. like in the middle of a pit. I'm like, eh, you know, like uh-huh. like starting to get lightheaded and shit, man. And I'm like. Started to like pass out. You know, so I'm like, oh shit! I'm like, so I climb over this fence, and the, the security guy like kicks me out like behind this door. So I walk behind this door, and I'm sitting there with my buddy, and like I'm getting a drink of water at the water fountain. There's this door right next to here, and all of a sudden I'm just drinking this water, and like the door flies open, and monkey's standing there, and he's like, "Is anybody got a cigarette?" <laughs> I swear to God, man! I'm like, that's why bum bum monkey a smoke. I actually told him that 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 story years later. <laughs> Pretty funny. I think uh, good concert, man. Great concert. One of my, I had two best concerts. Actually, one one of them was with me and Rashid went together. They were, remember the Rage Against Machine, yeah. the Alpine Valley. Yep. That was one of them. That was the first time I ever saw Rage. It was like the yep. year they got back together. So was, uh, was the Queens, Queens of the Stone, Stone Age. Age. Yeah, they the were awesome. Fishbone, right? Fishbone opened up. Yeah, and we got poured rain, poured on rain. Like, mud, we waited, like mud half an hour. We down the dry, hill, but, yeah, yeah, everyone slide slide down, down the hills and mud. It was awesome. That yeah. one was one of my. And I just remember, like, I remember looking out of the crowd, and, you know, the lights shine in the crowd, and you just kind of look left and right, and you see everyone's head just bobbing to the, to the beat, you know, however, you know, 20,000 yeah. oh, people, yeah. all just in it. Yeah, you definitely go to those shows and turn around and just see everybody yeah. just kind of like that, like, see, yeah. you know. And now you people. do it, and you see a bunch of phones in the air. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, put your the, shit down. The other one for me was the first time I saw Tool. Nice. Put your damn phones down, people. <laughs> it's so much more HD right, yeah. in real life. Oh, yeah. And I still I can it's remember. HD with your real eyes. Yeah. I can remember all the shows Shit. I went to. I don't know, man. My, my wife's phone. <laughs> she got a damn good she phone. Got, like, she got a Everybody but his wife. Put your damn phones down. 18 megapixel front face. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it was seen like, I saw Pantera like 10 times back in the day. But like, you know, Pantera, White Zombie. Uh, I love White Zombie. Who else was on that? It was... It was Pantera, White Zombie, I Hate God, like those yeah. tours, stuff like that. But you know, it's funny. The, the more I the more I see it, like I went and saw Bruno Mars a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Fucking amazing sure show, amazing. God! Yeah, like Dude, from I'm start start Mars. to finish, man. I was like, this. Is, and then he, you know, he goes away, and then he comes back. This drum kit comes out of nowhere, and he's just killing it, you know, playing yeah. drums. And then the wife and I went and saw Garth Brooks like last year. Oh wow! Fucking amazing show. Like yeah, he, yeah. he, I don't know how he did it, and but he I mean, he made the entire twenty thousand seat arena feel like your uncle was playing acoustic guitar in the living room that's like, awesome. i was like this is fucking crazy wow. but but yeah so like, i don't know if it's just i'm an old man now i'm like man that's garth brooks yeah that boy can sing you know i don't know or, or maybe it's just because with with metal and, and rock you know i'm a little bit more critical because i'm like like oh, i could do that or i could do that you know but like bruno mars the bass player he's just like Brow. Like, oh, that, yeah, that dude's so much fun to watch. I'm like, yeah, that's not Dancing me. Dancing <laughs> around yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, you can't, you know, you feel that way because he's fucking awesome. Well, yeah. There's, that's there's a reason songs, he's Garth yeah. Brooks. There's a reason Bruno Mars is fucking <laughs> yeah. Bruno yeah. Mars. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are, like, phenomenal musicians, <laughs> yeah. musicians man. Yeah. You know? uh, they didn't get their own accent. Like, you, you, yeah. you can't, you can't fake being the shit. It's like, right. you can't, yeah, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Michael Jackson, man. Oh, you know, like, I can't deny how awesome he was. I mean, that, you know, like that dude would walk into a room and like chicks would just pass out, <laughs> like <laughs> from his presence. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. that's, you know, shit. The man that one video we watched, he showed me him in Germany, like he took off his sunglasses and like 
Yeah, look that one. Look that one up on YouTube. It's like I think it was in like Live in Hungary or something. Yeah. Like, it's like the stadium, and like Michael Jackson just shoots out of the floor and like <laughs> stands there for like a minute. Oh doesn't, yeah. Doesn't do nothing. Yeah. Doesn't with move. the fan blowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, chick shirt. Has a, they're full moving bodies out of the like yeah. bodies <laughs> out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. stretches. Yeah. people <laughs> out. Yeah, they're fainting. And after a minute, he just reaches up and like pulls the sunglasses. And then there's more yeah. people I'm getting chills on my arms thinking about that video because it was insane. I can't. You know, so, some people just have video. something. You know. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah, it's definitely a, a something factor. Like your, your, your Michael Jacksons, your Stings, like yeah. your, your, your Bonos, like Prince, yeah, Prince, Prince. Holy shit. I mean, shit. <laughs> Dude, come on, man. Yep. Like those, those are the kind of dudes that can like walk up and just spit in your face, and you'd be like, "Thank you." Thank you. Rub it in. Rub it in. I I met Steve Vai one time actually, and I shook his hand with his left hand. With my, with this hand, you know, because he gives a shit. I'm like, <laughs> so I can like rub it off, man, please. <laughs> you feel his calluses on his yeah, legs. Yeah, like damn. He looked at me all weird. You should have just grabbed it like he's examined it, you know, instead of like shaking. Just yeah. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> You've got extra lines. Is that why you play that way? <laughs> Sixth finger. Ah, I knew it. <laughs> all right. Uh, so just finish it off with, um, you know. Um, Favorite song on the new album? Oh, Divided, Conquered for me. Uh, last Dying Breath because it's super weird for us. The last song. I, I like I like Divided and Conquered. I think I like I think Be Enough is up there too. Like, Be Enough, that's right? A, that's yeah. one that I knew. That's like, a good one too. Yeah. That one, yeah, definitely. I knew that was gonna be on as soon as Rashid sent me the riff. I was like, okay. And a bad. quick Tom Hazard story. A quick Tom Hazard story. <laughs> how did you How did you guys encounter him back in the day? He he, he was working with Kamira a little bit and yeah. kind of worked its way into us. Like our second show was switched. Like we played the Odeon, and then he was you know, I think he was managing Kamira at the time. And we were like, well, fuck, we we don't have a manager. We want a man, you know. So just kind of yeah, did it. And, you know, he made it happen, man. You know, wound up in L.A. like a month later. You know, signing. We yeah, got a. Uh, like a showcase for like I think we had like Maverick Records or something and wound up choosing Immortal but I owe, I owe him a lot man you know he's a good dude cool yeah he's definitely a good dude alright guys well I appreciate it thank you guys yeah, thank, you. Yeah, man, thank you guys <laughs> buy the poison red go get the record nonpoint.com July 8th July 8th that's nonpoint.com you can get merchandise at nonpointstore.com Go check us out at Nine Point World uh, at YouTube. Is that our YouTube? Uh, YouTube, yes. Nine Point, Point World. Nine Point World, and uh, we were on Facebook. Fan page three sixty one. Shout out three sixty one fans. You guys rule. That's Nine Point dot com. <laughs> <laughs>
attention Is it even worth it now to talk about it? I wish that we could take it all back Can we go another direction? Instead of trying to enjoy ourselves Give me everything you got for one last final moment Cause I can never live without that Forget about every lie Thank you to BC, Adam, and Rashid of Nonpoint for coming on Talk To Me and hanging out for a little while, catching up and letting us know about the new album, the current tour, and what got them into music. Make sure and go and check out The Poison Red that is out now. And also, if you want to support Talk To Me, head over to Amazon.com, pick yourself up a Talk To Me t-shirt, search out the Talk To Me podcast, get yourself a t-shirt. They come in men's sizes, women's sizes, and even kids' sizes, so you can outfit the entire family in Talk To Me tees. They are 20 bucks, free shipping with Amazon Prime, and it will be much appreciated if you support the show. Up next is my conversation with Scott Ian Lewis of Carnifex. They've got a new album, like I said earlier, out August 5th. Make sure and check that out. But for now, here's my interview with Scott Ian Lewis of Carnifex. Being a fan of extreme music, you know, the, I know I, I'd love to play it, but necessarily, you know, making a career out of playing extreme music, you know, what was kind of going through your guys' uh, guys's mind back then, back in 05? Uh, yeah, well, it certainly wasn't a career, that's for sure. Um, you know, when we started the band in 2005, it was, it, it was just, um, it was just fun, you know, just jamming in Sean's uh, bedroom. That's it. You know, it wasn't, we didn't have any, any goals or any vision for the band or anything like that. It was, it was really, um, it was really just, uh, Sean was a drummer and, uh, and his roommate was a guitarist and I could scream and that was pretty much it. And <laughs> as far as we thought it through, and then, you know, we wrote some songs together and uh, and started playing gigs and, and releasing them, and people really started responding to them. So it just sort of grew 
grew naturally from there. It was there was never a, a, a goal or a vision when we got together. It was only after we started getting on the road and touring that it was it sort of was like, oh, I guess I guess this is a thing now. And you know, now we're eleven years later, and on album <laughs> six. So <laughs> maybe if we'd yeah. known then what we knew now, we never would have done it. But here we are, nonetheless. <laughs> right. I mean, obviously, you guys do a ex- very extreme style of metal. Um, you know, has there ever been thoughts of maybe, you know, getting a guitar player that could sing a clean chorus? Or or is it just, you know, at this point in the career, you know, you can't even uh, uh, entertain that thought? Um, no, I mean, we should sing. That's not, that's not an issue. Uh, it's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's because I think that's just not... I just, I just think that's just not where we, what we are doing as musicians. Right. I think, you know, Carnifex has a, has a, has a, a sound that it's um, really recognizable and it, it's definitely become its uh, its own sound. I, I'm not really sure uh, who else we could compare it to, especially not the new album. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I like what we do, you know, I, I feel we have a good time playing the songs that we play and um, I wouldn't rule anything out in the future, but uh, we just write what we want to hear, honestly, and and that's that's what came out on the new album, and and I don't see that formula changing. Yeah, I've noticed a lot with the new album. Just reading, you know, YouTube comments. I don't know how much you uh, how much you check out on the YouTube comments, things like that, and how much you keep up with that. But uh, you know, a lot of people are really excited about the new album, and a lot of people are are calling it like black metalcore. You know, is that something you guys uh, are you guys embracing that uh, black metalcore title? Yeah, yeah, we'll run with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, really, it's those influences have, have always been there for us. It's just we've really just articulated them better now that we've grown as musicians. So it, it's not like you know we just heard a Burzum record last week, so now we gotta you know, make sure we get all those black metal chords and into our new album. Uh, it was more just, we just got better at, at writing songs and, and better at in, including the influences that we've had over, across these years and expressing them. And, and on the last album, on Die Without Hope, we had a couple tracks that that had kind of the, more of that blackened sound and the audience really responded to them and we had a great time playing them live. And so we ran with that a bit. Um, and this works out really well. I think, yeah, I do check out some of the, um, like right when the stuff, when like we put a song out, you kind of just, just see sort of what the initial response is. Um, yeah. Going forward. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't really stick around in there too long. It, it usually gets ugly quick. So, <laughs> you know, but yeah, there's nothing it, it worse seems than like, the, uh... Seems like people have been enjoying them. Yeah, yeah, you definitely can't stick around in the YouTube comments too long because they go they go south really quick. Mm-hmm. It's never fun. So starting the band back in '05, I mean, what what was kind of the? Uh, I mean, I know you guys kind of you said it kind of came together organically, but I mean, what were you guys listening to at the time that kind of made you want to you know play this style of music? You know, honestly, I was listening to the exact same bands I'm listening to now. Uh, I left. I like, haven't added like any any bands to my rotation. Um, you know, back then it was. Um, you remember, '05 was was when metalcore still ruled the earth. You know, like uh, back when the dinosaurs existed, and uh, <laughs> it was it it was all um, you know, absolutely dying and kill switch and. Um, bleeding through and 
Avenged Sevenfold was just starting to really take off. And it was, it was, it was all, it was all those bands that were really extremely popular and sort of setting a pace for the scene. So when we first started doing shows, you know, we show up with blast beats, um, which was not, which was really not the thing back then. And, um, and it, it kind of locally, we didn't really seem to resonate that well. You know, we did good online, um, you know, through MySpace and stuff like that. But, but it was, it was a good couple of years before the, the local scene really started uh, supporting us. And I think that was just because they weren't ready for anything that was beyond metalcore yet, as far as extreme wise or speed wise or brutality wise, whatever you want to call it. So uh, it, it was a little different. And I think kind of being, one of the first ones in the scene and sort of kicking off that genre. It was almost kind of like we were a little too early because it, it took, oh, there's a little bit of delay there. We started putting stuff out and at first there really wasn't a whole lot of response and, and it wasn't until, until later and even more so now that, that we've really gotten a lot of support in, in the scene and sort of got behind us now. I mean, that might just be being, being around for so long just, waiting every other band out so it's just us left pretty much
<laughs> right. What's the uh, San Diego scene like today? Uh, you know, it's okay. Um, it's pretty, um, they're really tuned in to kind of what's hot, you know? So if you're, if you're a hot band, if you're a hype band, um, you, you know, you'd probably get a sellout show, but, um, you know, we have a good fan base here, so I, I don't have the most objective point of view, but <laughs> right. just kind of talking to other touring bands and stuff, um, you know, they'll come through and they're always, yeah, San Diego shows, you know, they're kind of whatever. Um, and I think it's just because San Diego's def- definitely kind of more of a town that's that really just wants, like, what's really new and what's really happening. And so if you're more like an older established band, it can kind of be a tough city sometimes. So what was your take on Machine Head kind of firing San Diego? I'm not aware of this. What happened? Oh, they, uh, they, I guess it's been a year or two now, but the machine had quote unquote fired San Diego from their tour routing because of their lack of attendance at shows and people really not getting into it. But they, I, I believe they warned San Diego and, hmm. and then, uh, and then the show was, uh, lackadaisical and then they, you know, quote unquote <laughs> fired them, you know, and it was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty public mess, but yeah. Well, then I would, uh, <laughs> then I would say uh, you know, my summary of uh, what the San Diego scene is is proven by that point. Um, right. I mean, Howard's Machine Head at this point. You know, I think not. Not that they're not relevant or putting out good music. Not not that. But I mean, they're not really. You know, the band that everybody's got it. You know, the name that everyone's got in their mouth. You know, what I mean. Right. So I think that's that's. I wasn't aware of that, but that's. I would say that's not a surprise to me. It's, you know, established bands come through and if you're not, you know, Maiden or Megadeth or something like that, um, they struggle. I mean, I even, I know, yeah, a lot of bands struggle. You know, Slayer didn't come here because I know they did a few gigs here that really didn't do well. And it's just, it's kind of a transient town, you know, and it's really, I don't know. It's kind of a weird place to live as an artist, honestly. Because uh, it's just a lot of tourists, and then just a lot of like beach people and retired people. Uh, it has a different vibe from a lot of cities as far as being like a a hub for you know art or music and those types of things. Yeah, it seems like it would be very uh, like a like a Sublime or something. It seems like they would come out of uh, San Diego, not a Carnifex. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, so you're you know going out on the summer slaughter tour you know you get Cannibal Corpse Nile after the burial going out for a month or so with that tour I mean have you seen the uh, you know the reasoning behind the rescheduled first date Yeah my understanding is the venue um, closed temporarily following the um, murder of that um, singer Oh was it the murder of the singer wasn't then have to do with the other uh, massacre. <laughs> That's a terrible word to say, but the other tragedy is what I guess I was looking for. Um, um, I you know, just I don't believe directly. My my understanding, as limited as it is, is that is that the venue is not currently open. So. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Orlando's went through a pretty rough stretch in the last few weeks. There's a lot of psychos living there, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> psychos and crazy alligators and all kinds of stuff going on down there. Uh, let's see here. So you guys went on a, a hiatus in 2012. Came back around 2013. Put out the 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 
latest album in 2014, not the current album that's about to be out August 5th. But, uh, you know, you take that hiatus. I mean, was it just a good time to, like, regroup and, and kind of refocus the band? Or, or were you guys just kind of uh, like on a, on, a collision, on a collision course since you started in 05 and you just kind of needed to take a quick break? Or what, what happened there? Um, you know, it was a lot of things. That, that We were... The business side of the band, you know, the the business stuff was uh, was pretty tough back then. Um, we were we were dealing with a deal that um, was really limiting for us as far as um, how much of the money that we made actually went to the band. Um, and it was, you know, we signed a deal when we were twenty one, so I think that pretty much sums it all up for you. <laughs> you know, it was essentially a predatory deal and uh, it made existing as, as a business of a band um, nearly impossible. And um, we just, um, we kind of just come to a crossroads where it was like, look, we're, I mean, we'll go out on a tour and then, you know, we'll generate all this money and literally come home with, with, <laughs> you know, let me put it in perspective for you. The last time that I did um, summer slaughter, we did the 2010 Summer Slaughter. Six-week tour. We're out on the whole summer. Uh, I got back from that tour and got paid $300. Wow. Yeah, so I think, you know, when I, when I, I know, I'm sure, and I go, yeah, it's rough. People are thinking like, oh, yeah, okay, it's rough. You know, they're, they're, they're only making 50 grand a year, not 100 grand a year. Like, <laughs> right. Now I got 300 bucks. So, uh, so um, it was just, it just was very, um, uh, demoralizing and it was just made at that point, you know, we we're a business. It's like, it costs a lot of money to get places. It, it costs a lot of money to maintain our equipment, to maintain our vehicle, to rent a practice space. So all this stuff is, there's a lot of money that goes into being a band. There's a lot of overhead and it just, it just wasn't, just wasn't there to spend, you know? So it was just like, well, rather than just taking every tour under the sun and touring ourselves to death and putting a record out um, you know, every eight months in order to get a record advance to keep us afloat, um, we're not going to make decisions based on money and we're just going to step back. Uh, we just, we just didn't want to reduce what we'd created down to just making decisions based off of being broke. You know? So um, we took a break and, um, you know, I thought that that was it. I didn't. I didn't see there being another album or a tour or anything. Figured out it ran its course at that point. So do you kind of just step away from it and then, uh, you know, regroup your thoughts and and kind of get everything back into focus and then, uh, you know, kind of come back to it with a with a clean slate and you know, kind of a clear head. Is that what happened? Knowing that we were with a company that um, had a genuine interest in the music of the band and us as people and as musicians wanting to see us succeed. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a good feeling and, and having the time off, you know, we were actually, we were off the road for 18 months. So having that break, um, from touring being the first break we'd had in, in like six or seven years at that point. Uh, yeah, it was, it was really energizing. And then, now that you know, since coming back, being in this, this better position, it's, we're not having to tour quite as much, which which is uh, which can take its toll for sure. So we're touring less, um, and you know, thankfully the 
Dada Hub did really well, and, and the and the tours we did um, did really well. So, um, yeah, things have been getting really good, and su- surprisingly, somehow, uh, eleven years in, uh, the the band really is bigger than it's ever been, which is a pretty exciting feeling. So, when you guys came back, were you guys, uh, you know, while you guys were gone, was the you know the fan uh, you know, fans kind of clamoring for you guys to come back. I mean, was that a, that a, one of the driving forces in coming back or, or was it just, you know, I'd like to play in a band again and you start calling everybody back up and everybody's ready to go too. Um, well, you know, Sean and I had been writing music that, that time that we weren't active, you know, um, just, just the two of us. Um, I don't think it was, it was more for us, you know, it was just, we, we felt like we still had more to say and we were happy with, um, and, and we were really happy with what we were writing. Um, so it was kind of, it was almost like, uh, just, uh, the same process for when the band started, it was, it wasn't really a pressure or, or any type of, uh, goal that we set for us. We just, Hey, this, we have these songs that we wrote and, um, we really want, people to hear him and um, there was a while there when we were writing i didn't think anyone was going to hear him i was just writing because hey that's just what we do and we didn't have a label or anything at the time and uh, didn't even have a full band so i, I didn't know what was going to happen but um when when the opportunity came up to sign with nb we it was exciting to think that people could hear those songs and and get back out there and play them for for people, not just new song, new songs, but the old songs that, that meant a lot to the fans that we had. So yeah, it was, it was, it was just an exciting time. And, uh, we still have a lot of momentum from that kind of uh, initial reappearance. So that's been good. So nuclear blast has been, uh, huge for you guys. I mean, they're doing such huge things over there. Every time you turn around they're they're signing another great band. So, you know, it must be nice to be on nuclear blast. It, it is. I mean, um, you know, the music industry is just full of vampires, man. It's just people out there that want to take your creativity and take your art and just turn it into money and then squeeze you dry until there's no blood left and then kick you to the curb. That's what the music industry is. Um, labels, managers, agents, they tour you to death. They want you to put out an album every six months. Um, it's just because they want your money. That's it. They want you to go make them money. And as soon as you don't make them money, they're, they act like they never knew you. Uh, so having dealt with that, those attitudes for so long and then being with NBE where it's like, I actually have a friendship with the people that work at the label and it's legit. I mean, obviously they're a business, obviously they're making money off of us, but it's not, they didn't sign us for the only reason of, oh, we can turn a buck off this band. Um, they actually appreciate what we do. They let us work with the engineers we want to work with. They let us work with the cover artists we want to work with. Uh, they let us film the music videos that we want for the songs that we want to film. You know, they actually let us express our art, uh, which that, the, all those things are uh, go a long way. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like it's more of a like a partnership to where you guys are both making a little bit of money rather than, you know, they're just kind of bleeding you guys dry. Yeah, I, I would say that <laughs> you you summed it up right there. That's the nail on the head. It, <laughs> it is. It, it's a partnership rather than an indentured servitude. 
And with the new album, I mean, how long, you know, I guess, you know, the, the, the basic questions will come, you know, what, what, what made you guys, uh, you know, what were the influences on this album, you know, and, uh, you know, just, just, you know, your overall thoughts on the album and, and, you know, uh, what the fans should expect when they hear it. Well, what we did on this one was we took a lot of the things that on Die Without Hope that, um, were, that were new, that people really, the fans really responded to and that we really had a good time playing and a good time playing live. And we took those influences and, and really ran with them and, and pushed some of them to the front. Um, it's kind of where the black metal sound comes from. It's more of the programming that we, that the album features. Have you heard the record? Did NB send you the album? No, I set this up through your through uh, oh. Adam Splitter. I've oh, heard a couple okay. songs off it, yes, but gotcha. Okay, I wasn't sure. I know they sent the album to a few people. I wasn't sure who 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 in the press had heard it yet, but um, yeah, it's it's um, it's really just us having just us being us. You know, there was no there was no point in the writing process where we ever sat back and said, "Is this song deathcore enough? Is this song death metal enough?" Um, in anything like that. We really just wrote what we wanted to hear. And I think that's why um, people are responding so positively to the songs is because they're that, they recognize that authenticity and because it's really not sounding like anyone else, which, which is as exciting for, for any band to be able to be this far down the road and, and writing an album that I, that I think stands on its own when it comes out. I don't think, I don't think there's an album out there that, that sounds like it. So it's definitely been been a different process for us as far as the, giving ourselves plenty of time to write. You know, there's a 28 month gap between uh, the two albums, between Die Without Hope and Slow Death, which is the, the longest gap that, that we've taken. And I think that extra time in writing and working on the music uh, really shows on the album. I noticed one thing too, I was watching some videos of you guys kind of getting this album together. And I, n- I noticed you're kind of, taking on a little bit more of a, of a visual approach too, with, you know, getting, uh, you know, stage outfits and, and, you know, just getting the stage production together, things like that. I mean, is that, uh, is that a part of the, um, you know, kind of coming back and having a, having a clear head about, you know, uh, doing a few new things and not just, uh, not just tour, tour, record tour kind of thing where you're actually, you know, can stand back and, and, and put together a live show and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you're you're not wrong in, at all when you say that. That's it. Really is. It's like now that the, we're being um, real careful about the tours choices that we make and and what we go out on. It's we really want each each show to be memorable and not just to be you know five guys in jeans and a t-shirt uh, <laughs> on stage. We want it to be a performance. We want it to be entertainment. To be an actual show, not just dudes playing music. You know. Um, really try to make it something that uh, is memorable and, and gets the crowd involved and, and is worth the money that they're, they're spending. So yeah, all that is definitely part of it. You know, just kind of um, you know your personal influences. I mean, what made you kind of want to want to sing the way you do or, or be a frontman in a band? Um, it was just from listening to music, uh, being young and listening to bands. It was uh, I would those were the bands I was listening to and and. You know, when you're young, you want to grow up and be like your be like your heroes. And so, for me, that was Cradle of Filth. It was Marilyn Manson. It was Jimmy Bulgear. It was Nine Inch Nails. It was uh, White Zombie. It was it was all those bands that had you know these kind of charismatic uh, characters for 
frontman. So that's what drew me to wanting to be a vocalist. Um, and uh, yeah, just started doing bands when I was 14 and just never looked back. What's like one of the guilty pleasures that kind of kind of goes through your through your uh, iPod, your CD collection? Oh, guilt! I was not guilty. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, sh- I'm shameless. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on what the metal elitists deem listenable or not. Um, <laughs> are you familiar with, with Chelsea Wolf at all? Have you heard her? I know the name. Yeah. Yeah, so she's a female vocalist, and the music is um, kind of a mix of uh, drone and programming and kind of type of stuff, a little bit ambient sounding. Uh, if you've ever heard the band The Body, um, she worked with the guy that's in that band. Um, anyways, it's kind of abstract, pretty arty. I, I really like that. No, no screaming or anything like that. It's just um, pretty uh, kind of peaceful, ethereal type music. Uh, so really into that. Um, you ever heard of King Dude? You ever heard of him? Hmm. I'll have to check that out now. It's like uh, if a guy and if a, it's like if a guy did Johnny Cash now, basically. Oh wow. Yes. Yeah, so it's like obviously he's not Cash, but you know it's that it's that that style that kind of like neo folk ish, you know. So um, a little more modern sounding, of course, but really has kind of that Cash flavor. Certainly is a big influence. Um, so yeah, King Dude and I don't know, I really like Lana Del Rey. She, uh, she has like a, a lot of great albums out. Um, yeah, just, I listen to a lot of stuff, you know, I don't just, it sounds to cool, it. man. Yeah. yeah. I was waiting for the, you know, the Limp Biscuit or something come out of you. <laughs> no, you know, I never really did the new metal thing. I missed, I missed that phase when new metal hit. I was already like just completely into underground black and death metal. So I never really popped my head above the surface to listen to Corn or Slipknot right. or, I mean, I guess I don't know. Is Manson considered new metal? I guess he was kind of at the same time, but he's not. But yeah, he, he was more at the same time. I think he, he kind of got lumped in with like maybe more of the industrial side of it. But right, yeah. I mean, I was a big Manson fan, still am. Um, you know, White Zombie for sure. But I feel like they were not really new metal, even though they kind of got grouped together. It definitely was a different scene for sure. Uh-huh. I think White Zombie kind of got kind of got that groove metal label, kind of like with the Pantera. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that more on that side of But I never did the new metal thing. I never listened. I only listened to Corn and Slipknot and all that stuff like after the fact because everyone, you know, everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh, Corn, man, you know, self-titled changed my life." Like, okay, I mean, I guess I gotta at least check it out. But uh, that was definitely not. Those weren't bands that were part of my growing up or my influence coming up i've only just you know listened to them kind of out of okay well i guess i gotta listen to them type thing but uh, can't i wouldn't i don't dislike them but i wouldn't wouldn't call myself a you know an avid fan yeah that's one thing like with, like, with a band like suicide silence that pretty much wears that corn influence on their sleeve it's 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 so great to me to see uh you know a band like suicide silence that you know is uh, heavily influenced by corn and you're just like how how yeah how do you get from point A to point B in that scenario? But, uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I think, I think they pull it off, um, pretty well. You know, it's definitely, it definitely suits, suits what they're doing. And then, you know, it really just goes back to their being authentic. They're, you know, they're, they're writing what they want to write. And, um, I mean, whether it's corn or, uh, the who, it doesn't matter. I think if somebody's 
writing what they what they want to hear as a, as a fan of music. That's the most important thing. Yeah, definitely. So we'll go we'll go ahead and kind of wrap it up with the last question ish. I mean, you know, you've got uh, Slow Death coming out August fifth. Uh, Summer Slaughter's tour starts July 23rd. I mean, what's what's the kind of the next month for you? I mean, is it just kind of a downtime, hang out with family, or is it just kind of just getting uh, ready for tour, things like that? Um, well, yeah, I hate I hate to break it to you, but uh, this is about the 800th interview I've done, <laughs> <laughs> and I got about uh, 8,000 left to do. So it's it's um, it's really just it's promoting the album without being on the road right now. So it's yeah. um, a lot of written interviews, a lot of um, phone interviews. Um, we filmed a lot of content uh, to roll out on YouTube and stuff like that, as far as playthroughs and sort of talking about the album and those types of things. So uh, it's been pretty busy. And then it's just, you know, we, we actually leave for summer slaughter because we have some routing dates. We leave on July uh, 15th. Oh, okay. um, you know, and then we got rehearsal prior to that and, um, you know, I got to get the van and trailer ready and we got a big merch shipment coming in that we got to get organized and get loaded up. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's pretty busy. <laughs> Very cool, man. Yeah. I heard, uh, I heard Josh to say the other day that I guess he's either, uh, about to interview or already interviewed you and, uh, I guess it's going to come up soon. So, so that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, we did, um, when they came through with uh, Devil Driver, uh, I went up there and, and did the podcast. It was good one. Very cool. All right. Well, Mr. Scott Ian Lewis, thanks for taking some time today. And, uh, you know, good luck with everything. And uh, hopefully see you out on the road. Great, man. Hope to see you at the show. Thanks for having me on.
Thank you for checking out this week's episode of Talk To Me. If there's anything you missed or want to go back and check out past episodes, make sure to go to your iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, get the Talk To Me podcast, rate and review the podcast, and let me know what you guys think at Talk To Me Talk on Twitter, facebook.com slash talk to me talk and if you want to send the show an email directly it's talk to me talk at gmail.com and that's to me t-o-o-m-e-y so until next wednesday night i am joshua to me and this has been talk to me have a great week everyone